The following is a Furnished Brothers production. Introducing your hosts, Rob and Ryan. Please welcome to the Talking Buds Podcast. That's right, we are back. Episode 6 of the Talking Buds Podcast. And Ryan, what a week it has been. What is going on, my brother? And man, it has been a week, a roller coaster of emotions. Last week, we were a little down. Then they get two huge wins. And all of a sudden, you're kind of just looking at yourself being like, are we overreacting over some of these losses? Like, I don't know, man. What do you think? Would you call tonight a huge win? I would say it's a huge win in the sense that they held on, you know, like you look at one of these games and it's like two one. And if you just look at the score, you'll be like, this was a defensive hockey game. But when you're watching the game, like the Leafs, they had a good first period, which is the opposite of what they've done the past couple home games. Usually they light it up in the third period. But tonight they lit it up in the first period and they just held on. It wasn't a defensive game, but you got to give them credit, man. And I'm looking at the goaltender. The goaltender has been phenomenal so far this season. And, of course, we're talking about tonight's 3-1 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, a, a tale of three separate periods, in my opinion. The Leafs came out flying in the first period. Got a quick goal from downtown Connor Brown. My downtown. Bum of the week. He told me where to go with me calling him a bum last week. Second period, Marner comes out, beautiful goal nine seconds in. And then after that, the Leafs just said, all right, I think we're done here. And got completely dominated for the remainder of the second period. The third period was an absolute snooze fest. And the Leafs just, Vegas having trouble scoring. The Leafs were able to hold on. Nazem gets the empty netter at the end. And they pick up the 3-1 W. But for quite honestly, Ryan, they kind of held on for dear life. They got outshot 37-21. Shot attempts were 82-40 in favor of Vegas. Uh, like, like, so, yes, it is a big win because they've been struggling lately at Scotiabank Arena. But they, they this, wasn't, this was not the same team I watched on Saturday night in Pittsburgh. No, and the shot attempts, it, it's a stat that where you're kind of sitting at home being like, how much is the stat really impacting your opinion on the team, you know? But tonight, they just, the first period, they skated really well. They kind of picked up where they left off on Saturday. The second period, they just got absolutely dummied. Like, the yeah, second yeah. period was just yikes. And well, then they the kind of packed it in after the Marner goal. They were just like, all right, that's it. We're done here. Yeah, they kind of just ran out of gas and and... I don't know if it's just they, like, you don't want to say they quit, but, you know, it's just it happens in hockey. Like, you play 82 games a year, which, by the way, the NHL schedule, too long. Like, you know, I'm just watching the game tonight being like, we're watching the Vegas Golden Knights against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, yeah. And to your know, point like, last week, they have yet to play. They've only played the Habs once, the Sens once, haven't played the Lightning yet. They finally get to play Boston on Saturday. The schedule to start the season has definitely been odd. Yeah, and, like, a schedule, like, I'm not a huge, like, let's sit and analyze the schedule. But 
sometimes you're sitting watching a game being like, this is one of these hockey games where you kind of realize that the season is just a little bit too long. Like these are two teams that play each other twice a year. And tonight, both of them, Vegas has a horrible road record. The Leafs have a horrible home record. So it's just kind of like, which team's going to win out tonight? And it was, it was a somewhat entertaining first period from a Leaf fan perspective, but it kind of just slowed down in terms of one of those early November, mid-November hockey games where it's just like, man, sometimes you think about it and this season's just a little bit too long. Well, let's let let's get into the the issues at home. The home ice struggles or the Scotiabank struggles as I like to call them. Uh th- this team, you know, it's been the topic du jour for the past week as they just they've been a dominant team on the road. All their best games this season have been played on the road. And they, they do. They really struggle at home, putting in a full 60-minute effort. And again, tonight, they came out in the first period tonight, and I'm sitting there going, this is it, finally. This is how they looked on Saturday. This is They're finally going to get this monkey off their back. And then sure enough, that's not what ended up happening. And just what, what do you do? You think, because I've been on this. If, if you check the tape, Ryan, check the tape. If you go back to episode three, so three weeks ago, I was saying this team is going to be better on the road then they are going to be at home this season. I just got that vibe that they're going to be one of those really good road teams. But uh, let's talk about why. Why do you think they struggle so much at Scotiabank Arena? Well, for the Talking Buds listeners that don't know, me and my bro Rob don't usually watch the games together. But on a rare occasion on Saturday night, we were in the same room watching the games together or watching the game together. And they were playing Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And I turned to you and I said that when you're on the road, when you go out on the road to play a hockey game, you're, you're staying in the hotels, you're taking the plane, you're taking the little bus to the arena from the hotel. And I feel like when you're on the road, you're just there to play hockey. Like it, your main purpose. Yeah, you might go like we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Uh, hint, the Ottawa Senators and the Uber. But <laughs> yeah, that's oh. we're we're gonna get to that a little later. But I I just think when you're on the road, you're there for a sole purpose. That's to play a hockey game in another arena. So when you go there, you're focused on one thing, and almost like road games feel like they're not the same as they were 20 years ago. You know, like I feel like it's a little easier to win a road game now because you go there, you're just focused on the game. You go there, do your job, do your thing. When you're at home. You're in your condo, you're in your apartment, you're texting your buddies. What are we doing after the game? And I know that might be a little silly take. There's probably more to that. But I just feel like on the road, you're just more focused on playing hockey. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why they play so well on the road. Why they play so well on the road, we'll we'll, we'll never know. But if, if I'm just looking at it from some sort of an opinion. I think just the fact that being on the road and thinking about hockey is a huge factor for them. I don't think that's an unreasonable take. I think I think you you're on to something there. I I think that's part of it, but I I also think that like we talked before about the how that arena just sucks. Like it's just the environment in there is just it's not like w- the Toronto Maple Leafs are regularly compared to the New York Yankees in Major League Baseball, the Dallas Cowboys in the National Football League. And those two teams, their home stadiums are rocking. Game in and game out. Scotiabank Arena, as I said last week, is a morgue. 
half the time. Yeah, and it you is can a hear morgue. Pin drop in there. Yeah, yeah, it is a morgue, and in the middle of November, you'd be like, "Why does it really matter?" You know, like, so what if the crowd's loud or not? Just go out there, play your game, play hard. But you know what? If, if I was a player on the Leafs, I'd kind of just be like. Where, where's the where's the volume in here? Like where yeah. where are the fans at? You it know, like I there, thought man. we were supposed to be the most popular team in the league, and yet we get more cheers on the. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a ton of Maple Leaf fans in Pittsburgh the other night. I a considered ton for this week's beauty of the week. I didn't end up going with it, but for this week's beauty of the week, I considered making it PPG Paints Arena because that was basically a home game in Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Yeah, and I know like all the hockey broadcasts get really excited over the Canadian oh Canadian hockey broadcasts get really excited over American buildings singing the Canadian national anthem so audibly, but even I noticed it. Like there was a ton of Leaf fans in that building and it's just I, I don't know what it is. It's just the road just seems to be home for this team this year. And the, the the Scotiabank Arena, and we always talk about it. Everyone always has the same excuse. It's the it's the corporate thing. But I think in a team playing in the beginning of November, it's just, you know what, we can get over the crowd, whatever. It's really puzzling. Like I, It's really hard to just put your finger on one reason why they've struggled at home so much this year. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm going to segue. I'm going to use this as a segue to talk about another topic that I've been waiting to discuss. Do you think part of the home ice issues have to do with the coach trying to match lines? They suggested that on the broadcast tonight. That may have something to do with it. But based on the game I saw tonight, I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I'm not letting Babs off the hook. I've, I think Babs, he's, well, my issues with Mike Babcock have been well documented and I'm sure they'll come up again later in the show, but I don't necessarily buy into Babcock line matching as the reason for them struggling on home ice. No, I think line matching this year is a little different than last year because last year you had your, whatever line order you want to go in, but you had Matthews with Nylander and Hyman. Then he had at the beginning of the year, you had, Marner with Van Riemsdyk and Bozak, and then you had Kadri with Marlowe and whatever guy they decided to have on their wing. And to me, it's a little easier to line match. And let me go back and say that for people who don't know, I was pretty hard on James Van Riemsdyk as a Maple Leaf, not because I thought he was useless or anything. It's just he did have 36 goals last year. And realistically, there's not more, much more you can ask for a guy, but around the ice, he just didn't really impress me. But last year was a little easier to line match because you could put that third line Kadri line out against their best line. And then your other two lines had Matthews on one and then Van Riemsdyk and Marner on another. So this year, it's a little more challenging to line match because what do you get? Par Lindholm? I know Par Lindholm's been pretty strong on the, on the draws this year, but that's everyone's favorite stat to go to when... A guy's struggling. Oh, well, at least he's winning face-offs. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he can't score. He can't pass. He can't do anything else skilled. But well, he can win draws. So, you know what? Good guy. Good player. But yeah. this year, I just feel like it's a little harder to, to line match. And I, I honestly, I haven't seen too much line matching from Babcock this year. 
No, I don't either. And we went on a little bit last week about Freddy the Goat and how Babs was giving him more ice time than what we thought was necessary. But uh, in the since Matthews has gone down, uh, he's he seems to be rolling with his big boys a little more, and and not like like Marner is getting Marner's out there every other shift tonight. It seems like yeah, they mentioned it in the broadcast too. It seems like Marner's ice time has escalated since the Matthews injury and it's like of course like why wouldn't it increase like the guy well that's that's a change for Babs Ryan like he he in the past has just rolled his lines and well you got to get this guy out there because he's good pro in situations and blah blah blah. and it's like no 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 he put your best players out there Mike exactly but it's it's Mike we always talk about how Mike we we've we talked a lot about Mike Babcock through the first five episodes of this show. And what is like the bear? We always talk about how he loves the veterans. Like, what is the year where Mike Babcock's like, you're a veteran. I'm going to treat you like a veteran because Mitch Marner say whatever you want, fair or unfair. Austin Matthews has missed this year, last year with injury. William Nylander, is a no-show this year. So where's yep. the one... You look at their... What's their core, okay? It's it's Marner, it's Matthews, it's Nylander, supposedly, with Riley and maybe Anderson. Like, that's their, yep. that's their main core that they core went right with. right now, yes. So... Yes, agreed. Unfair... Fair or unfair, Marner's the guy who's been the constant. Like, you know, like, he's been there pretty much every single night... I, I can't even think of my head. Maybe he missed a couple games last year or the year before with a day-to-day or whatever. But he's the one constant that's been there every single night the past yep. two years. So it's like, you know what? Let's reward this guy. This guy's on the ice. He holds on to the puck longer than anyone in the league. Oh, I love him. Like we, He's a wizard out there when he gets the puck on his stick. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah, we follow the league, and there's a lot of elite players out there. But I would challenge anyone on Mitch on a player that holds onto the puck longer than Mitch Marner does. This guy gets the puck and he holds onto it like an extra five seconds sometimes That's amazing. before That's he amazing. can make a pass in the offensive zone. Like he's just he's incredible. I know he's small, whatever beef people can think they have with him, but Mitch Marner is just an absolute dynamic hockey player with the puck. Well, do you think my totally unqualified take in episode one was Mitch Marner will ask for minimum ten million going into negotiations this offseason. They said tonight on the broadcast that's looking like that's gonna be the case. Where are you at with that? Do you think you go you pay him ten sheets? Cause he's he's he passed Matthews in career points tonight. Granted, Matthews is missing time, but he passed Matthews in career points tonight. Yeah, like the the pro-rated stats are like, what would he have if he played a full 82? But Martyr passing Matthews in career points tonight means that one guy's been more healthy than the other. And I don't care if Matthews had more points ahead of him, he played less games or whatever. But Mitch Marner is kind of an example to me of what the new NHL is all about. It's not about the Patrick Canes of the world who got paid $10 million a year after winning three cups or just earn that after winning three cups. It's a guy who's super skilled, has a super high ceiling and 
people are talking about 10 sheets for a guy just because he's young and has a high ceiling. Really? Well, to your point, that is that is the new NHL. Now you get paid. Like you're, you're right. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves had to win those cups before they got paid. Marner and Matthews are going to get paid before they even get out of the first round. Like hopefully, hopefully they go farther this year. But let's just say, let's just say they get dummied out of the first round again this year. They're still getting paid their money. Exactly. It's it's just it's the Leafs are kind of on the wrong end of this new NHL style. It's like here's a guy three years into the league, or this is his third year in the league, super high ceiling, has had a good three years, kind of sixty to seventy ish points who all of a sudden just gets $10 million. And I don't want to slam Mitch Marner. Like, he's a great player. I love Mitch Marner. Who doesn't love Mitch Marner watching him on the ice? See the back, some of the back checks he had tonight? Like, this guy Dude, works hard snipe. all over the, the ice. The goal that he scored tonight. The goal that he scored tonight. My God. Just a rocket top shelf. Yeah, exactly. And we always, we make a joke sometimes being like, Mitch Marner would pass the puck on a breakaway. But tonight was a good example of him being like here's an opportunity to shoot the puck I'm gonna shoot the puck and he gets it in and but you know what it's just it's so weird this NHL that's happening it's just it's getting younger and younger and younger every single year you look at this Elias Pedersen or Elias Peterson whatever you want to call him Elias Peterson I've heard Elias Peterson I've heard Elias Pedersen like I, I don't know what to call this guy but you look at this guy First year in the league, he looks like Pavel Bure. Yeah, he does. So far into this league, he looks unbelievable. He's gonna, the, he's he's got to be the front runner for the Calder. Like I know we're just over a month in, and all the NHL analysts are going crazy about this guy. But this is another player in the league, kind of like where Marner's at, where it's like three years in the league. He, the Canucks won't go far in the playoffs. They might not even make the playoffs this year. They're, everyone expected them not to make the playoffs, but since. He's playing so well. They're in a good position. But here's an example of a guy who has a high ceiling coming off his entry level who's all of a sudden in the 10-figure conversation. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. He's he's only been in the league a month. I know. It's insane. It's just like, I, I, I get it. Like, I get it. I know. This is the league. And hopefully the cap keeps rising so you can afford these players. But yeah. if you're debating a 10 million dollar contract with Mitch Marner regardless of how good he is you better have everything in your arsenal because you can't afford to be paying Marner 10 million and Tavares 11 yeah Tavares is already 11 I'm gonna tee up here for this because I know you got I know you have strong feelings about this Matthews will likely get in the McDavid 12 12 and a half range 13, even Bob McKenzie threw out 13 tonight as a potential. That, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you go. How do you feel about that? Austin Matthews, the, the, some of the talk has been like, Austin Matthews might get the same or more as Connor McDavid. And if he gets the same as Connor McDavid, I could rationalize to myself he could be as important to his team as Connor McDavid is. But if he gets more than Connor McDavid, I'm sorry, anyone who's listening to this podcast or anyone who's ever watched hockey in their lives and have watched Connor McDavid play multiple hockey games and have watched Austin Matthews play multiple hockey games, you could 
easily come to the conclusion that Connor McDavid is maybe the best hockey player we have ever seen in our lives yeah. other than Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Like Wayne Gretzky, obviously he played in a different era, five points a game type of era. But Connor McDavid is honestly maybe the fastest hockey player I've ever seen skate with the puck in my entire life. And he is on the ice. And the biggest difference between the both of them is Matthews plays about 18 minutes a night. And I've seen McDavid up to 27 minutes a night for the Oilers. So that makes a difference. That's well, that's. That's a little on like that's a little excessive. Whereas McDavid is like you're right. He's in, he's in the Gretzky conversation. Like he's he is by that guy's speed is is there's no one else like him in the league. It's not even close. No, like Connor McDavid is one of the best hockey players I've ever seen in my entire life. And every time you miss it, I'm not gonna pretend I stay up and watch all the Oilers games. But if you Go on whatever app you have the next morning and click the Oilers game that happened the night before. Connor McDavid usually has two plus points a game. And I don't know if that's the ice time difference, but you watch the highlights or when you do get a chance to watch this guy play, he is all over the ice and making guys in the league who are good look silly. And I we love Austin Matthews as much as anyone. I love Austin Matthews. He's I I was the most happy guy on planet Earth when Bill Daly drew that leaf card and we knew that we were going to get Austin Matthews. But Austin Matthews in the same conversation money-wise and team importance to Connor McDavid, to me, is just a little bit of a stretch. And you can't afford it for your salary cap. Like, you just can't afford it. No, he's not. Yeah, it, yeah it's true. He's not McDavid. He doesn't have McDavid's two-way ability. He doesn't have McDavid's speed. He may have better like hands around the net and goal scoring prowess, but he I, I'm I'm with you on this 100 percent There's gonna be some folks in Leaf Nation who are not happy with this take, but I'm sorry. Like it's just it to me it's just a realistic way of looking at it. Yeah, the 200 foot game is just something that people bring up to make themselves feel better almost like you know what 200 foot game is they're, they're kind of mcdavid's not exactly a, a patrice bergeron selkie winner you know and neither is austin matthews and often austin matthews has made some serious strides in his own end over the past couple of years but when it comes to just game to game production and game to game difference at the end of the night, I just don't think Austin Matthews is at Connor McDavid's level yet. So if I see Austin Matthews sign a contract that is richer than Connor McDavid's and affects the Toronto Maple Leafs salary cap, then it's just like you're kind of sitting there being like, oh boy, they've really dug themselves into a hole. Yep. I don't disagree, Ryan. All right. Well, I think we've beaten that. Uh topic to death there are two more we're on we're kind of on a player's kick right now so there's two more players i want to touch on the first is morgan riley morgan riley is currently leading nhl defenseman in points and is making a claim that he has the potential to be a potential they they were calling him a norris trophy candidate tonight on the broadcast that's a bit and yeah well yeah well at this point i mean yeah, and that uh, he's making a case that he's a legitimate number one center in the league. 
But before we talk about his overall play, I want to pose... First, I want to read a quote from Mike Babcock. Then I want to pose a question. Mike Babcock, at the end of the Pittsburgh game, says, quote, There was no one who likes being a Leaf more than Morgan. He provides leadership and has unbelievable unbelievable enthusiasm every day and a zest for life and he, that he shares with the guys. You need energy people, and he's one of them. Is Morgan Riley the next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> I can't even pretend to predict that man like because that that is the most mike babcock quoted all he's missing is a family that's the only thing he's missing is being being a good family man further veteran in the league that is the most mike babcock quote i've ever heard i i would not be surprised at this point if morgan riley's the front runner for being the next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's he Babs and he's off to a hell of a start. No, he is. And I, I made the joke about the you said the Norris Candidate trophy, and I thought that was a little rich, but you look at a guy like Eric Carlson, who's won a ton of Norris trophies, and the main reason being in my mind is that he's led the league in points by defensemen, and it's really impressive when a defenseman is up there in points because just the position he plays. And Morgan Riley, no one would love more than Morgan Riley to be a top Norris candidate. And this year, Morgan Riley is the defenseman of the new era. It's a f- yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just pause. Just pause yeah. for a second. Let's let's stop the the Norris and let's just talk about like, do you think he's a number one defenseman in the NHL? I think we're jaded by some of the number one defensemen we've seen in the past, like Duncan Keith, three-time Stanley Cup champion, Drew Doughty, two-time Stanley Cup champion, a guy like Victor Hedman. Some of those guys are unicorns, guys who can get a good amount of points during the regular season and a guy who can defend hard in his own end. Morgan Riley first glance, isn't a guy who can defend really hard in his own end. But he's a but you know what? He's he's a modern day NHL one and two. I think he's a number one. And and based off what he's getting paid, like yes. The guy's getting a five yeah. million a year. And he signed That's that a Lou Lamorello special, that contract. Exactly. And I feel like Babcock kinda almost I don't know if he did it directly, but kinda took a a knife to William Nylander when he said that because William Nylander is a guy who's proved absolutely nothing in the NHL, no matter what anyone says. And he's looking for some ridiculous number. And Morgan Riley is a guy who's been in the league since he's been a rookie and just happily signed on the dotted line at $5 million for six years. Let's sign it. I want to be a Maple Leaf. And I feel like that weighs in heavily on that quote that you read from Babcock. He has unbelievable enthusiasm every, every day. single day. You know, Morgan, he's that a, means he's a good pro. He's a good pro. He's in the gym every single day. Yep. That's that. So as second, I read that quote. I was like, Morgan Riley's in the running to be the next captain of the Maple Leafs. And from what I, um, CJ, Chris Johnson, I forget what show he was on last week. But he was saying that, like most pro sports 
teams. There's cliques in every dressing room. This guy hangs out. These guys hang out together. Those guys hang out together. And Riley's literally the only one who transcends all the cliques. He's boys with Which, everyone. If you've ever been in a situation where there's been a couple boys groups, you know that one guy who clicks the whole clicks all the groups together you know that's a special dude like, like you know what like it, it, yeah, it's silly. that's what i'm saying I, I legitimately think he is in the running to be the next it, captain it's silly to sit here and be like well morgan Riley, you know he may he, he's buddies with everyone he should be the captain but if you've ever been in like a dude setting and and there's different dudes who hang out with different dudes and there's the one dude that can get all the dudes together you know that's a special dude yeah agreed that's the, I'm telling you, Ryan, I'm not, I'm going to keep beating this drum. He's, he is in the running. I would not be surprised if next off season, he's announced as the next captain. It's the safe bet. It's really the safe bet. And at the beginning of the season, it was Tavares or Matthews. And I feel like that's really quieted down since the season started, because when the season starts, it's Who just cares? different. We, our imaginations run to weird places in the off season. It's just part of being a Maple Leaf fan, the offseason is almost like never, never land for a Maple Leaf. You just think of the most ridiculous things that could happen during a season. But if Morgan Riley got the, was named the captain, like, would we really be upset about it? Like, I no. wouldn't, man. Like, the guy's a beauty. Yeah, I know. I beauty. agree. He's That's what I think it's I think it's a beauty. Point. I think it's a reasonable choice. I like you. Like you said, it's the safe choice. I, I think it's, I'm I'm kind of, and the way he's playing, he's establishing himself, man. I'm telling you. And we've seen, lately on Toronto radio and television, we've seen a lot of Brian Burke. And regardless of what you think of Brian Burke, Brian Burke is on the record saying when they drafted Morgan Riley in the draft that year, that he thought they were, he thought that Morgan Riley was the best player in the draft that year. Yep. And you're kind of listening to that at the time. I don't know if Berkey was... I remember when he first came in, we were all excited. And by the end, we were all just like, okay, shut up, Berkey. But this was the point where you were kind of just like, ah, yeah, Berkey, whatever. But if you look at the guys who went ahead of him, ahead of him in that draft, that was the nail Yakupov year. Yeah. The Ryan yep. Murray year. You know, and you kind of look at that draft class ahead of him. You're like, you know what? Maybe Berkey was on to something. Because Morgan yeah, know, Riley is a hell of a hockey player man what's up everybody thank you so much for downloading the show don't forget to give us a follow on instagram at talking buds podcast on twitter at talking buds pod you can download the show on itunes stitcher youtube and tune in spread the word tell your friends we really appreciate all the support thanks now let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds podcast. Now, Ryan, before we move on from our player discussion, there is one more name I think we need to hit on, and that is Freddie Anderson. Frederick Anderson. And you know what? I put an Instagram post on at Talking Buds Podcast about Frederick Anderson being a top five goalie in the National Hockey League. And I need to say this when we post something on Instagram that we come often come up with questions that 
are kind of on the borderline of people having different opinions about it. We want to push this question so far that on the borderline of people having totally unqualified takes. Exactly. Tut. If you listen to last. Tut. Yes. You know what? It's catching on, dude. Like, yeah. tut. Like, why not? Yeah. Tut, yeah. We're going to keep it as tut. T-U-T. Tut. I said I didn't yep. dig it, but ever since you said it, I've kind of been on it the whole time. It's, it's growing been on pretty you. It's good. growing on you. But we, back to my point. But if we could push people to have certain opinions on questions that are kind of on the borderline of being ridiculous takes in real life, then we're going to do it. We posted an Instagram post asking people if Frederick Anderson was a top five goalie in the league. And I feel like a lot of people were struggling with the fact that we were asking if Frederick Anderson's a top five goalie in the league based on historical statistics or a top five goalie in the league based off recent statistics. Rob, where do you think we're at here? Because it's it's a tough argument, dude. I think right now he is. At this point in time, he is. Overall, like career statistics-wise, no. But at this point in time, like like look at the Vegas game tonight. They're, they don't win that game if he's not in the net. He made three or four huge saves tonight. He's the, he's single handed, and we've the defensive struggles of this team have been well documented. He single handedly steals games for them um, on a regular occasion. Uh, so far this season, he steals games for them when they're not on the road. So I, I this so it's a two part answer kind of. Overall, statistically for his career, no, I don't think so. This season, in a bubble, in a vacuum, yes, I think right now he is one of the top five goalies in the National Hockey League. I agree, and we don't talk about, we don't go crazy into stats here, but this is a guy who has a save percentage over 920, and tonight he even approved on his 924 save percentage on allowing one goal tonight and he just I will say Frederick Anderson regardless of stats save percentage goals against average I've never seen him more comfortable and athletic in a Toronto Maple Leaf net than he has so far this season he looks like so like I don't even know how to explain it he looks so athletic he looks so flexible like I I don't even know like I'm not an expert goalie coach but he looks he keeps going at this clip he'll be in the Vezina conversation at the end of the yeah my totally unqualified take either last week or two weeks ago was that he would be in the Vezina conversation halfway through the season and so far he looks like that's gonna happen because he looks so good dude he's on the he's in the top of his crease stopping Great shots up close. He's going side to side laterally, making huge saves. He's allowing less goals each game we watch. And he had two kind of rough games earlier in the season. But other than that, dude, like he looks like he's just on top of his game. And we talk about defensemen in the National Hockey League taking a long time to develop. How about a goalie? Does a goalie take long to develop? I think so. It takes a long time. And this guy is 28 now, 27, 28. And he looks on top of his game. Well, we talked last week. I made the point last week that his his body language in the net is a real tell about how he's going to play. 
when he stands at the top of his crease and he looks confident and he looks and he's moving his it's about his movement too like you said when he's moving he's got a lot of flow to his game he makes all the saves look easy he gets into position really quickly he that's a tell about how he's going to play that night he when he fights it you can it's noticeable because like I've, I've never played goalie i don't know the first thing about being a goalie coach or what's right positioning or stance and all that kind of stuff but he just watching the game on my own you can tell when it's going to be a good night for freddie and when it's going to be a bad night for freddie and right now he fully looks like he's in the zone yeah i'd say about 90 percent of the games he started for them this year he's looked like He's got everything in control. He's a big dude, man. He's like 6'5 or something. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but we saw Jonas or Jonas Enroth, whatever you want to call him, play in the net last year at 5'10, which is like about my height. And he looks he looks pretty small in there. And Freddie's a big dude. If you're a big dude who can move laterally, can cover the top of the net, and just be a sponge for pucks coming towards you, then it makes a huge difference. And Freddie has been, regardless of the October start, he's been so good for the Maple Leafs the past two years. And this year, it looks like he's almost taking a step up. He's gone to another level. Yeah, and yep. I don't know it if that's like he's, age. He's turned it up a notch. I don't know if that's age or if it's training or if it's whatever it is. Because we don't... Re- well, he's... We, we we were we were kind of poking fun at him a couple of weeks ago because he's not necessarily the most charismatic of individuals. No, he's still the worst interview in the National Hockey League. I'll still stand but he, by but he, that. He buddy. comes off as someone who takes it really seriously. Like he comes off as someone who is super focused. And this team, I don't care who their forwards are, their center depth, whatever, they're not going anywhere in the postseason if he doesn't play well. Yeah, it's that simple. And someone on our Instagram on that Frederick Anderson post brought up his contract and how team friendly it is. Because if you're a great goalie in the National Hockey, look at Carey Price. The guy signed a ten million dollar contract for the Montreal Canadiens. And you look at Frederick Anderson; I think he's making five million a year or around that. And that's a huge number for them because he's a great. He's arguably the biggest asset on the team when it become when it comes to being successful in the regular season in the playoffs and he signed an extremely team-friendly contract by far the best Lou Lamorello deal of Lou Lamorello's era with the Toronto Maple Leafs and that that's a huge deal for them man because he's been so good this season yep I absolutely agree with you 100% all right now before we slide into the weekly segments what uh anything you want to touch on in the last week there was the it's so funny right the one thing about doing these shows doing one a week is you kind of you kind of go on a roller coaster ride like if we'd done the show this time last week everybody would have we would have been pissed at everybody fire babcock he's so he's overbearing he he favors the veterans all that stuff and then they go into pittsburgh and play one of their best games of the season and everything's good and tonight, even though they it wasn't a full 60-minute effort, they still get the win. So it really is like you got to kind of doing the show has made me kind of look at the season as more of like stretches and intervals just based on the when we do the podcast. So when they go out and play like sh- like crap, <laughs> I'll caught myself there. I'm not. This is a family friendly show. 
I'm not necessarily freaking out. And Babcock always talks about five gag, five game segments, and you're always like, "All right, buddy, like five gags, five game segments, whatever you want to say, dude, whatever you want to do." But it's honestly, after doing this show weekly, it's pretty true because you can get extremely high or extremely low during a week of games and when they don't score any goals at home and they only score in the third period at home, you're kind of just being like, what is wrong with this team? And then they go to Pittsburgh and just run the table like Aaron Rodgers did on Saturday. And they play kind of like tonight. It was kind of just a weird game, but you know what? Two points is two points. I'll take it. I'm not going to be too overly critical. I'll take the two points because they mean just as much now as they do later in the season but one of the biggest things is Nylander and we'll get to that later but this team you can't get too high on a week and you can't get too low on a week and we're learning that as we're doing these weekly shows and it's tough though because when you're a Leaf fan you just want to get super into it you want to dissect everything what's this guy doing what's this guy doing but it's just you got to kind of keep a level head while you're watching this season being like, this is an 82 game season. I said earlier in this episode that an 82 game season is too long. And this is one of the reasons, this is one of the things that factors in. It's just like, you can get so high and low on a hockey team, but at the end of the day, they, they win tonight and they're up there in the Eastern conference. I think they're second now at 15 games played 20 points, 21 points. It's just, you got, you got to keep a level head, but when you're a Leaf fan, you just want to get into it. You want to dissect everything that's wrong, everything that's right. And it's just you got to keep a level head. Bums and beauties. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Yeah, it's that time of the week now, bums and beauties. Ryan, let's start positive this week. So I want you to go first, and I want you to tell me who your beauty of the week is. My beauty of the week, beauty of the week, is Morgan Riley. Oh, there it is. Morgan Riley, or as the boys like to call him, Mo. 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 The one, the common thread throughout the locker room. And I respect a guy like that because you've hung out with boys before. You know how hard it is to get this boys group to respect this boys group. But if this guy can make all the boys groups respect each other, then I respect this man. But the main reason why I respect him, the main reason why he's a beauty of the week is because he's just an absolute beauty. Like, what else can I say about the guy? The guy's been in the league since he was a rookie. He is just... He just gets better every single year. He signs a team-friendly contract. And when Mike Babcock says that this guy loves being a Maple Leaf more than anyone, honestly, dude, I believe it. I believe that. He said he loves being a Maple Leaf more than anyone. He has unbelievable enthusiasm every day and a zest for life. Dude, I, I honestly, I believe it, man. Yeah, I believe it, I, too. I believe it. This guy, every interview you see him in, every radio hit he does, 
every TV interview he does. He just seems like the most genuine dude, and he's my beauty of the week because I feel like this season he's just exceeded expectations. Team-friendly contract, legend, in the captain conversation. Yep. I feel like so in far— In the captain con- I'm not going to let that go. He is in the captain conversation. Exactly. And, you know, do you disagree? No. I don't. Nope. Exactly. So nope. why would you? He's my beauty of the week and maybe of the year because he is leading the NHL in D points, which whatever you want to think about that. But he's just had a great year so far. He's just the beauty. He's already an assistant captain. He skates like the wind. He, I'm not a huge fan of when he gets the puck in the slot and he takes a shot. He usually misses the net, but we'll let that go. But Morgan Riley, you were my beauty of the week because of everything you've done this season and all the hearsay about you being a beauty in the room, and I respect that a lot. You're my beauty of the week. I've said since we started doing this segment that it's week to week, so we can call you a bum one week, and then the very next week, we can turn around and call you a beauty. A couple weeks ago, he was kind of floating around. He wasn't playing to his full potential. And since then, he has kicked it back into high gear. Mitchell Marner, you are my beauty of the week. His ice time has skyrocketed since Matthews has been out with an injury. The guy is a force out there. The second he gets the puck on his stick, he's dominating in the offensive zone. Nobody can touch him. His puck control in the offensive zone is is second to none on the team. Like, he... he He's on, when everyone's healthy and they've got that loaded power play unit, his skill with the puck makes him the sort of QB of the power play unit because he's just, he's unbelievable. And tonight again, he's unbelievable. He's the most dangerous offensive player they have. That's even sometimes with Matthews healthy, with Nylander in the lineup and with Johnny T, the guy is gonna command 10 sheets at the end of the season. He's worth Every penny, in my opinion. Mitchie, you are my beauty of the week. Yeah, Mitchie, I honestly, you can go through the league. You could go through all teams in the league. You could analyze him against other players in the league. There is no one or there's few guys as good as him holding on to the puck in the offensive zone. As soon as you think yeah. this guy's going to throw the puck to the net or make a pass, he still has it on a stick. He's yep. still looking for players that are open. He's going to throw it on net. He's going to look for a deflection. He's going to find the guy across ice. He he made a beauty pass to Johnny T tonight that a Johnny T fanned on. But again, just controlling the puck in the offensive zone. There's no one, there's no one like him. No, and, and 10 sheets... In the new NHL, you could be like, yeah, he deserves it. It's going to be tough for the Leafs with the salary cap because it's like, uh, you be- you deserve 10 sheets, but we need to actually have a decent team. And we see that with the bottom six. It's hard to load up your salary cap and have a good bottom six. But I agree with that beauty. Mitchell Marner has been durable. He's been a point producer. He's been there every single day. As Babcock would say. And he just seems Bruno like... you love hockey. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a problem in the in the room. He just seems like a guy who's just buddies. Yeah, he does. He seems pretty He seems pretty laid back, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's just a, he seems almost like a little kid sometimes. And he is. A, he almost is a little kid. But you know what? He, he's, man, when that guy has the puck in the offensive zone, 
when he holds on to that thing, the whole zone just opens yeah. up yeah. and it's hard to look at this guy and be like, you know what? We're going to underpay you because we need to pay Matthews. That's what I'm saying. This guy's arguably the guy's worth every penny. Yeah, he doesn't score as many goals as Austin Matthews, but in in terms of having the puck and setting guys up, man, this guy is a beauty. So I believe your beauty of the week, and I love it. All right, it's time to go down. Time to get on the negative train. Who who do you want to go first, you or me? Bum of the week. I'll go first. My bum of the week. This is going to be a new thing for the Talk of Buds podcast. I'm going off the board. Okay. Not Maple Leaf related. Okay. I'm going with the Uber driver <laughs> yeah. that recorded the Ottawa Senators chirping their team and their coach. Yeah. Anyone although although that, that video, them chirping their own PK was pretty funny. It was funny. And all they're like, yo, natty, bro, Twiggy. Look at my, <laughs> I'm going to throw my Twiggy against the glass. Their hockey player talk was just nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm going to go with the Uber driver because unless you own your own business and you're listening to this, then you probably won't understand too much. But if you have a boss and you work for a boss, sometimes you just need to have a little vent sesh. Exactly. And sometimes you can get a little too far and sometimes you just need to kind of complain a little bit. And anyone who has a job and works for a boss knows that you can complain about your boss and there's some things about your boss that kind of drive you crazy. And it could be the worst thing in the world or it could be the littlest thing in the world. Most of the time, it's kind of in between more along the lines of little things. But you kind of complain about your boss and this Uber driver just sending out this tape. It's just so 2018. It's just so 21st century. I don't like it. I think it's just a TMZ clickbait. I'm going to get paid for this. And I think any guy who records a conversation like that and sends it is a piece of garbage. So Uber driver who recorded the Ottawa Senators talking about their coach is my bum of the week because that is just so uncalled for, dude. Like everyone does it. I know you work for Uber and your boss, you text him. He texts you where to go. So you don't really know your boss, you loser. But other than that... <laughs> But other than that, you're gonna dude, get you're like, gonna get heat from Uber drivers for this. You better hope you don't, Uber drivers dude, don't listen to this show. Do you think Do you think Uber's happy with this publicity? No, An Uber driver recording a conversation with their passengers and getting sent out. No, like that's ridiculous, no. dude. Like, come on, you you know for a fact that people have private conversations. I don't think when you listen to the thing, if anyone goes and listens to what they said in the Uber, I don't think it was anything too egregious. No, no, it's just. And like you're, they're kind of dogging on the video coach, but I, I just thought it was hilarious because they're chirping that their PK is thirty first in the league. Yeah, it's funny. It's almost like funny. I don't think they if they went out and said something that was like extremely personal about him or his family or anything like that. Then okay, that's a little too far. But all they were doing was chirping his coaching and him talk commentating the video yeah, instead kinda, of teaching it. So you know what? Get over it, dude. Sessions. And all the people who were complaining about it, you're a bum too. You probably own your own business if you're complaining about it, you bum. So you know what? Don't record private conversations. Don't send it out. Uber driver in Arizona who taped the Ottawa Senators in there, you're a bum. My selection this week is Leaf related, and I'm just going to get right to it here. 
William Nylander, you're my bum of the week. First and foremost, you're my bum of the week because two weeks ago in my tut, totally unqualified take, I predicted that you'd be signed by now, but you're not. Enough's enough, dude. This is ridiculous. Sign the bridge deal and then get your money in a couple of years in Carolina or whoever else. This is this is absurd. Tell your daddy that you're a big boy and you can go and play for a hockey team and you don't need him to hold your hand through all your contract negotiations. This is getting absurd. I've had enough. Everyone in the city's talk tired of talking about it and hearing about it. It's ridiculous. Either like just sack up and come back and play or just go play in the KHL for the rest of the year. Because this is this is ridiculous. You're not getting seven or eight million. You're not a seven or eight million dollar player. I don't care what your dad tells you. Enough's enough. Time to get back and make a run here. Sign the bridge deal. Play with Matthews or Tavares or whoever, Kadri, get some points, and then in a few years you can either stick the Leafs up for more money, or like I said, you can go play in Carolina and get paid eight or nine million. But this is this is ridiculous and I've had enough. So, William Nylander, you and your dad are my co-bums of the week. Michael Nylander. Oh, it's ridiculous, man. It's like you're a grown man. Tell your daddy to go mind his own business. Like, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for how involved his his daddy is in his negotiations. Like, come on. The point with Michael... You hire an agent for a reason. The point with Michael Nylander is the guy played for, like, eight NHL teams in his career. So, you know, he's at his ear being like, you know what? Teams aren't loyal. Teams won't pay you Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a pill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's... It's the modern, I guess it's a modern day NHL dad who has a lot of say and the son's not going to look at William Nylander's not going to look at his dad and be like, you know what, dad, you need to lay off. I'm going to sign what I want to sign. No, he's going to listen to what his dad says because his dad played in is the it, NHL. You know what? Is that the point? Is he even involved in the conversations? Is William even involved or is it dad? Is it dad? I honestly, believe, I honestly believe he's not involved. I, I honest take, I don't think he's involved. I don't think he is. I think it's his dad and Louis Gross. And he kind of sits there being like, yeah, 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 you know what? You're right. You're right. Eight million. You're right. I, I don't think William Nylander's sitting there. And I just don't see him looking at his dad being like, hey, man, you know what, dad? I love you, but I'm going to sign this deal. No, dude, he's going to listen to everything his dad, his dad says. And I honestly believe that for a fact. You're a grown man. Like, and no, listen, if he wants to play hardball and whatever, maybe get himself some more money, fine. But he's wait, he's losing money that he'll never get back every day that he sits out. All because his dad wants to play hardball with the team. Listen, it's unfortunate situation. You're the first to get signed. Yes, Matthews and Marner are gonna go right by you. But guess what, William? They're both better players than you. They deserve to get paid more money. Get over yourself. And if you don't like it, then you can go pl- make your eight million in Carolina and come in last for the next five years. Does that sound fun? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I am I am showing the frustration and vocalizing the frustration of this entire city right now because everybody is so sick of talking and hearing about this. It's absurd. Enough is enough. Yeah, because all year we've been sitting here being like, yeah, you know what? It's it's the beginning of the season. He'll be signed. He'll be signed. He'll be signed. And 
He'll be this this week. He'll be signed. Next week he'll be signed. The week after that he'll be signed. And guess what? It's November. He's not signed. And it's just everyone's tired of talking about it. And now it's shifted towards what teams are interested. Is it Carolina? Is it Philadelphia? Is it Los Angeles? And now we're wa- looking at those three rosters, being like, what defensemen do we want on each of these teams? And it's like, let's go, let's go, let's figure it out, let's go. All right, before we get into Tut, let's take a look uh, at the week coming up. A tough back-to-back on Friday, Saturday. You got the Devils at home on Friday night, and then the Boston Bruins. Here we go. This is the game I have been waiting for since the beginning of this season. And here's the biggest question. Is it Frederick Anderson on Friday or is it Frederick Anderson on Saturday? Because if I'm Mike Babcock, let's go Frederick Anderson on Saturday because it's the Devils. And you know what? The Devils, Taylor Hart, Hart Trophy winner. Oh, my God. Taylor Hall. They, they, the Devils are better than we expected. Who cares? It's Boston. They're in our division. We're battling with Tampa and them all year Let's go. Frederick Anderson, Saturday. If I don't see it, I'm going to call Mike Babcock personally. I don't have his number, but I'll find it, and I'll call him and go, where's Frederick Anderson in the net on Saturday? Because we need to get this game done. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got Sparks has got to go in on Friday night. There's no there's no two ways about well, it. Sparks got to get in the game, in. period. Like this guy is yeah. this guy's sitting on the bench rusting, and you know what? That's fine. That's an NHL backup goalie. I know he's the guy you're developing, but you have Frederick Anderson on a good contract right now. You brought him in to be the starting goalie. Garrett Sparks, you need to learn how to be a backup goalie, but he's got to get in a game at some point. Let's put him in on Friday. Let's say Anderson for Saturday and usually that's not the conventional thinking usually it's put your starter in first but I don't care dude let's put Frederick Anderson on Saturday everyone yeah, wants to see this Boston game it Everyone. just sucks that see that this this one of the things that takes the wind out of my sails a little bit is no Matthews you wish Matthews could be in there but it is what it is you're right it's a huge game that's a must watch on Saturday night like the Friday night game against the Devils obviously you're gonna are gonna be tuning in it's what we do. But the Saturday night game against the Bruins, that's we've been waiting. We've been we've been whining about the schedule and how they've played the stars twice and all that sorts of stuff. But finally we get a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, Leafs Bruins stoked for that and it's not even about what the Leafs look like I agree Matthew's not in the lineup it's a little disappointing but let's just see how the Bruins look let's like this is this is our competition let's see how they look and that's what I'm most interested in put Freddie in put everything you can in throw Martyr on the ice throw Tavares on the ice match all the lines you think you want to match up even though they're on the road but let's go this is the game everyone wants to see Ryan I'm going to let you tell everyone what time it is. It is time for the Talking Buds Totally Unqualified Takes, also known as Tut. It's time for Talking Buds Totally Unqualified Takes. Yes, it is definitely that time. Time for some totally unqualified takes. Ryan, I'm going to go first. 
next week the maple leafs play tuesday thursday friday all on the west coast kings sharks and ducks the leafs have been lights out on the road so far this season i'm predicting the leafs go three and oh in that west coast stretch wow Wow, 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 wow. That is a tough stretch on the West Coast. They're in Los Angeles. They're in Anaheim. They're in San Jose. You know, there is tons of things to do extracurricular related after those games. And if I was an NHL hockey player, hands up, freeze. I'm arrested. If I was in Los Angeles on a road trip, I'd be doing some pretty shady things. I'm not going to lie. So I'm just going based on what I've seen from this team on the road so far this season. They seem to just be more comfortable on the road. Well, that's a good call, you know? Like, why not? And, and you know what? Th- those teams in the West right now, like San Jose's stacked on paper, but they haven't really lived up to expectation yet. Los Angeles is brutal. You never know because it's the NHL, and Anaheim hasn't been, in, uh, hasn't been consistent either. So it's very well possible, but they also got the Bruins on Saturday. There's a lot of games coming up, dude. Like, it just seems like they're kind of hitting you hard here, but they're, they're, they're up there in the Eastern Conference, and hopefully that good start, they can build on that. They've kind of been inconsistent since then, but they can continue to build on that and build their lead in the Eastern Conference. Your turn. And that leads to my totally unqualified take. And this builds off things I've said in the past is that William Nylander will never wear a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform ever again on the ice. Oh, it's dude. It's gone too far, dude. Like in what I said earlier about the Maple Leafs being at the forefront of the NHL changing with all these new contracts of guys making double figure double digit figures on their contract this William Nylander is kind of in a different zone but it's kind of still in the same realm of things happening in the NHL here's a restricted free agent who wants too much money they can't pay him because of the salary cap and all these teams are interested because they're sniffing around knowing that they can't get this done and I honestly believe that William Nylander will never wear a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform again for this so, season, for next season, and I don't know if they're gonna move them. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I just think this thing has gone so, too so do you far. Think, do you think they? Do you think they trade him before December first, or do you think they just say if they nothing happens and he misses the year, a la Michael Pekka? I know we're supposed to be experts and we're supposed to know, but honestly, dude, I don't know if it's trade. I don't know if he's sitting well, out we're the not, whole right, year. Right. The segment's called Totally Unqualified Takes. We are not experts. No, we're not experts. We don't pretend to be. But honestly, I don't. I don't know, dude. I, I, There's a lot of teams interested. And the teams that are interested, other than L.A., L.A., a couple of these defensemen. But you look at Philadelphia, Ivan Provorov. When you love that guy in a Leaf uniform, yep. Young D. Yep. You look at Carolina, they got Brett Pesci. Yeah, Pesci. Great D. Like, you know, like you're kind of just connecting the dots here being like, you know what? This, this could work. This yeah. could work. This is what we're looking for because they yeah. already have enough wingers, dude. And I know with Matthews out, it kind of thins out the top 12 or top nine or top six, whatever you want to look at it. But we're looking for a D-man. And I don't know if Kyle Dubas is going to look at it being like, we're going to look for a D-man or we're going to look for the best player available. But I don't care. This guy can't sign a contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs because of his dad. 
because of his agent. I don't know what it is because the number, because the term, and it's gone this far. And I just think it just cannot get done at this point, especially if we're talking about Marner making 10 sheets yeah, or nine yeah. sheets. Dude, yeah. that means they'd have three guys over 10 mil. You got, so it's you, like, sorry, Willie, you're you're not you're not getting over seven. Yeah, you got Marner at nine or ten. You got Tavares at eleven, and people have Matthews at McDavid or over. So do the math yourself. Go look at the salary cap. It's not going to work. And I just don't think William Nylander is going to be in a Toronto Maple Leaf, Toronto Maple Leaf uniform for this year, next year, and for the rest of time. I did. I'm at the point where I don't care. Like, like I'm I'm so over this whole thing like i'm tired of talking about it i vented about it earlier like just get it figured out either sign here and join the team and let's go on a run together or pick a team you want to get traded to and whatever let's see let's find a team that's got some defensive assets that we can use nylander to attain and that's that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and we've talked about it pretty much every single episode this season, and we're both tired of it. And honestly, I'll make a promise right now. This is my last beauty bum unqualified take about Mil- William Nylander because I don't feel like after this we'll need to do one because he will he will not sign. And he, I just don't think it's happening. It's It's gone this far. Every week's been the most important week of the season so far when it comes to signing William Nylander and it hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if it's whatever it is, his dad, whatever, but it's just not happening. And I'm tired of talking about it. And I just don't think he's going to be a Maple Leaf ever again. And you know what? If they can get something good for him, then it's gravy, All the best. dude. It's gravy, thanks, dude. Thanks I, for I coming out, care. Willie. Yeah, you know thanks what? Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being Have a fun seventh round pick, buddy. Go to LA, yep. go to Philadelphia, go to Carolina. See you later, dude. Like, yep. Bye. It's about that time, Ryan. We'll, uh, We'll be back next week in the midst of the West Coast road trip that I predicted they'd go three and zero on. That's a big. That's a big take, dude. That's a yep. big take. Yep. I want to thank everybody for downloading the show. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.